run Rommel's looking like he's got one more good run Zip's a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run Everything you need is here under the sun The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Saki Acres Retrievers. Whether you're looking for a black, yellow, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppy, please check out our website for more information at www.sakiacres.com. You can also email Jeff at sportingdogtv at gmail.com or call 262 215-9683. And remember, everyone deserves a soggy dog. Hey, welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Fuller, and we have, I guess, kind of a somber episode for today. Actually, a very somber episode for me. Uh, we lost our female Scarlet Bell, and it just wanted to talk about it and wanted to kind of hit on some tones that I hear from people when they lose dogs. And the big thing for me is my dogs are part of my family. Scarlett was very much a huge part of my family. And she helped me get through the loss of my sons, Cole and Callahan. She was there for me. It was unconditional love. And I just wished I could have done more for her. Now, she died, I guess, not quite at a full length of life, but at the same time, Scarlett never should have lived. When she was a puppy, she was incredibly sick. My wife nursed her back to health two or three times before the litter went home at seven weeks. She spent almost every day in the whelping box with her, trying to get her to rally, get her food and keep her going, and ultimately, we didn't sell her because of the fact that she was just too sick to sell. Kept her, raised her, and at seven months old, we were given the news that she had a health condition that would likely take her life in the next six months to a year. We just decided at that point, you know what, we're going to give her the best life we can, and we're going to do the best by her and just let her, let her live. I mean, that that's... They're such magnificent animals. And again, you get such unconditional love out of them that it just, we felt it incumbent on us to give her a chance. We ended up getting almost seven years out of Scarlet uh, total, which is still a short life, but at the same time, what a great seven years. We wanna talk about a dog that, my gosh, was just full of life. She would, be the dog that followed you around all day. She would nap, but the minute you were up, she was up. She had this personality where we always joked and said, she would look at you and be like, oh, wow, what are we doing today? She just had this brightness to her, this humor to her, this just overall love and zeal for life that I only wish I could have. As she got older, we we knew that that eventually the time was going to come and ultimately 
It was eight days before she passed. We knew that the time had arrived. We had a few things we were going to try to hopefully get her so her health would stabilize, but ultimately just hung out with just her. Had her, allowed her to do what she wanted, where she wanted, and a lot of that was just sitting outside. And my God, it was it was like 95 degrees and she wanted to lay outside. She wouldn't lay in the shade. I'm sitting in the shade sweating and she's just laying there enjoying it. It was windy. Her ears were flopping in the breeze. She had a stick. My God, did that dog love sticks. She had a piece of corn. That was the other stick, the backup stick. And she would just sit there and want to hold it. And wanted to play tug of war, but she was too weak to tug. I played with her and I would pull on it. And then magically I would get almost thrown to the ground because she was so strong and and uh, allow her to feel like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest game in the world. It, it it was tough at the time. It still is now. But at the same time, got to spend eight wonderful days with that dog. <clears throat> Sorry. Eight wonderful days with her. And ultimately, ultimately help her passed to the next stage in life, which you will hear people say that they don't know if there do are dogs in heaven. I, I'm of the opinion there absolutely are. And if there weren't, I wouldn't go. Um, I know she's with my boys. I know <clears throat> she is entertaining people and doing everything she loves. Scarlet herself, my gosh, as far as dogs, what a character that dog was. She uh, she had more personality than any dog I've owned to date, uh, including my dog, Lucy. <laughs> Lucy was quite the character as well. Um, Scarlet took Lucy's, uh, Lucy's place as our clown in the house, our, our dog that was just funny. She loved to talk to you. Uh, many people have been entertained by her videos where she would sit there and talk and talk to you. She always wanted to play. You would start petting her. She'd get excited and she'd be like, I'm getting a toy and she'd be back. No matter what, if you were working, trying to take a nap, anything, you would have this dog with these big eyes staring at you like, let's play. Um, she hated my wife and I hugging or holding hands. She would talk to us when we did, if when we went for walks, because we always took Scarlet for a walk, uh, generally by herself, because she didn't get to hunt because we couldn't hunt her because of her, her health. Um, when Kate and I would try to walk and hold hands, she, she would bite our hands and wouldn't let, us, wouldn't let us hold hands. She had to be between us. She didn't allow affection. <laughs> she, uh, she, she basically wanted uh, me and sometimes Kate all to herself so that uh, there was there was uh, no other person getting attention in the world. Um, at uh, nighttime, she would whine at me. And it was funny because nighttime is when I take shower, she would whine at me. And when I got my stuff ready for, sh for the shower to change into to walk over to the uh, bathroom, which was across the house, we would have to race. And she would race the whole way there. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I cheated so I could win. <laughs> and we would... Uh, we would, we would race and 
I would take a shower if Kate wasn't in there. I would be getting dog toys and balls dropped in the shower. If Kate was there, she played with her. Scarlett had a whole fleet of toys. When we had our old house, we had a bath and she had puppy toys uh, that were that were bath toys. Her favorite was a narwhal that was called Mr. Giggles. I think we bought somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 Mr. Giggles over the years because she would just uh, tear them up. Uh, toward the end here, she had four, four pink tennis balls she would chase around all at once trying to pick them all up. She had a fox and a hippo. The different games that we played were just so unique and so scarlet and something that, uh, gosh, I will always remember. Her life was shorter, but I have more memories and probably more pictures of her than any of my other dogs. I've had dogs that were fantastic, athletic, and wonderful in the field, but just nothing could put a candle to her personality and how unique she was. I will hear people that will talk about the pain that you're caused when you lose a dog, and it is real. Um, people, will, people will say and feel that it is harder to lose a dog than it is family. I've lost two sons. I can say that was harder, but as far as my dogs, it rivals any family they lost uh, outside of my two boys. I, uh, they, they are just such a big part of our life. And I've heard people say, I'm never going through that again. I'm never going to own another dog because I don't want the pain. And honestly, that makes me sad, sad for those people, because the reason that we have so much pain is because the love is so great. You have this unconditional love. You have this dog that is dedicated to just you. You have this dog that is just pure. And I would love to say you need to have that at least once in life. I will argue I need to have it all the time. I know it hurts when you lose dogs. It's hard for me to do this podcast, but I always do podcasts, whether it's been my, my kids passing or my dogs passing. I always when I have loved ones that are a huge part of my life, like my kids and my dogs, I have to talk about them. And I will just tell you that if you have that feeling like you don't want to have that pain again, you need to realize why we have pain when we lose our dogs. It's because they're that great. Next up, I want to talk in the, in the uh, dog tip about the importance of health and diet. And that is what really gave Scarlett her, her life and the length of it that it was. And then after that, we're going to talk about our teal bust, which was a terrible teal season this year. All that and more coming up after this. When my family is looking for a new or used vehicle, we only shop at the Boucher dealerships in Janesville, Wisconsin. We've bought seven vehicles now, Ford, Chevy, and Ram, all from Boucher. They have a knowledgeable staff, they're friendly, and they give you a great price. And remember, Boucher will ride with you every mile. It's Jeff Fuller from the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, and I need a little help. Please stop what you're doing and give us a five-star rating. Follow us on the platform you're on. Give us a thumbs up. And above all, 
share our podcast with your friends and family. Our podcast will grow even more and we can get more people involved in the sport we love with Dogs in the Field. Thank you so much for your help. Hey, welcome back to the show. Health in a dog, many times, I could argue 100% of the time, is defined by their diet. You want to have a good food for the dogs and you want to really avoid people food. We have gotten to the point, at least in our American society, where everything is high in salt and high in sugar and high in fat. And yes, dogs need minerals, dogs need fat, dogs need protein, but they do not need them at these levels. Part of the reason that Scarlett uh, struggled was she had gotten an infection and her kidneys didn't form and she needed a low protein diet and low sodium and she needed supplements to help to keep her kidneys which were barely functioning and at whatever optimum level we could be at we've actually talked to people in the past that have had dogs that especially older dogs once dogs get to a certain age uh, for whatever reason uh, their kidneys just wear out i would argue a lot of it is diet and we will talk to people who will ask what a kidney healthy uh, food is for the dogs. We'll explain it and the different, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the different uh, supplements you can give your dog and then just tell people like, hey, and you can't give them people food. And shockingly, quite often, we've heard from people that will say, well, I, I, they, they love it. I'm not going to not give them that. And you can't argue with people because it's their dog, but you almost want to tell them, like I'm telling you now, you're shaving years upon years off their life. And you could probably look at dogs getting people food as part of the reason that they're having these health issues when they're older. So do right by your dog, get them on a good kibble, if you have treats, make sure they're calorically controlled. Make sure that you don't have a dog that's obese and set them up so they have a healthy future, so they have a wonderful life. Again, in the last segment, we talked about how wonderful these dogs are, how they're such a huge part of our life, how they're dedicated to us. They're just pure love. Show the same. Show restraint. Yes, a dog will eat and eat and eat, and they will give you affection for it. But the other thing they give you affection for is praise. You don't need to give them food that is high calorie, high salt, high sugar, and really screw up their systems to the point where you're damaging them. Keep them at a good weight. When you look at dogs and their weight, we humanize weight. I've got our dog Memphis in the house. And we also have Lacey in the house. They're both 50 pounds. If they are 55 pounds, we would humanize that and say, well, it's only five pounds. Humanize it by percentage to give yourself a better idea. It's not five pounds, it's 10%. If they were 60 pounds, it's 20%. I will argue that most dogs are 20 to 40% overweight. When you have a dog that is 20 to 40% overweight, that is obesity, and that is taxing their system. It's taxing all of their body so that they are not going to have a healthy life. Do right by them. Keep them at a good weight. Keep them on a good diet. and Don't feed them people food. 
They deserve that. And we need to give that to them. So that would be our dog tip for today. Next up, I want to talk about my teal season here in Wisconsin. All that more coming up after this. The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Saki Acres Retrievers. Whether you're looking for a black, yellow, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppy, please check out our website for more information at www.sakiacres.com. You can also email Jeff at sportingdogtv at gmail.com or call 262-215-9683. And remember, everyone deserves a Saki Dog. If you love the shooting sports like I do, you need to check out our friends at Mac Outdoors. They have fantastic products, whether you're looking at shot shell or metallic reloading, or you want to get yourself a clay thrower so you can practice up for the season. For more information, check out their website at MacOutdoors.com. Welcome back to the show. As always, we have three sections to our show, and today is the hunting tip slash hunting news. We have incredibly low water in Wisconsin, and wow, did that affect our season. I saw a total of four teal in two days hunting. They weren't even within shooting. They were way off. Saw three mallards, and that was about it. The level of water in the marsh that uh, we hunt in is just, it's at an all-time low, and it's going to be a rough season if I don't I guess, check out other areas and scout other areas. Now, the chances I will, I don't know what they are. It's pretty easy to go and sit uh, sit close to where our, our hunting property is and uh, do the easy thing because, quite honestly, waterfall hunting, now that I'm not filming for TV, to me, it's, it's more of the experience. It's sitting, hanging out, having fun, shooting the shit with people. So there's a very, very good chance that I probably – for most hunts, we'll just uh, accept the fact that we don't have a lot of birds and enjoy my company with the people I'm with. We could get more water, could get a bunch of rain. All these things are possible, but our teal season was bad. It was crazy how low the water is. Uh, we're down probably, oh gosh, I'd say two and a half feet uh, in our marsh where, where we tried. And uh, it's, it's, it's always interesting. I've taken uh, climate uh, courses in college. I've, I've got this thing about weather and climate. So I, I look at the cyclical nature of it. And I know when everything was incredibly wet, people were saying that was climate change. And I'm not trying to argue this. I'm just talking about what people would say. They, say it was, they would say it was climate change. And, and these uh, areas were never going to be the same. The cover was never going to be the same. And we needed to change how we hunted uh, in certain areas. And now the, the growth that is coming back is just, it's unbelievable. But the crazy thing is you see different things in a marsh. If, if you've hung out, hung out in marshes, you see the areas that needed new growth, that needed new food to come in, and that needed to make the marsh more healthy. And with that, there were areas where there was smartweed, which is a little uh, pink and white uh, flowerish uh, weed that grows in a marsh. Birds love it. It is just abundant in marshes. Rice, 
rice is spreading everywhere and it is abundant in these marshes that are dry. And then duck potato or arrowhead, which is a small leaf that has an arrow-like uh, arrow -like, uh, leaf on it, uh, small plant with an arrow-like leaf on it, that actually grows bulbs on it that they call potato because you can actually harvest them and make them as potato, uh, I guess. I'm going to try it someday. But all of this stuff is spreading, and that's good for the marsh. Dry years are good for the marsh because it's allowing the cattails to regain, or regain a hold in areas. It's allowing food that the critters eat to now get back into that area. And yes, it's going to be a lean year, but I've looked at the health of the marsh. And once we have normal water, it is going to be actually really good for our future years. So this might be, I guess, a sacrificial year for some hunting places, but I think it really will help a lot of them. In the meantime, teal season is over. We are at zero. So that is uh, the number we're at. Um, I think we'll probably be able to scratch a few ducks and a few geese here and there. Overall, I think it's going to be a slower, a slower waterfall season in our normal areas. And I'm going to have to make some friends with people that have boats or I'm going to have to hike in. So it's, it's something that is going to make this year different and more challenging. But at the same time, again, our marsh that we hunt in is going to be a lot healthier. So I hope that uh, gives you guys some ideas and a little bit of a foreshadowing if you haven't been out there. Uh, thank you again for listening. Again, it, it's, a, it's an emotional show for me to talk about the loss of uh, my girl Scarlett. It is something where... You just wanted to be able to have that magic bullet. You wanted to be able to have something that was going to help her. But ultimately, it was time. And we did right. We kept her around. We spent time with her. And then we, we sent her to, to be with my boys on the day that she needed to go. Scarlett, I love you. Everyone have a great week. Thank you again for listening. And God bless. Sporting dog adventures, run boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun.